are listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you. First time here, I'm not the normal speaker. Just want to make sure that's clear. <laughs> Pastor's out of town. Um, over the past few weeks, I, I would say months, a lot of us here in this congregation have had a lot of distractions. Um, me and Lisa included. There's been a lot of distractions going on through the congregation. So, I thought this would be a good time to basically talk about distractions and, and what we do to eliminate distractions and how we handle it. And distractions come in all forms. But I want to make sure that we get the, the root of how we handle those and what we need to do with our faith and keep our faith up. Um, before I go on, I'm going to say a quick prayer. Lord, thank you for the words that you've given. Let the words that come out of my mouth be your words, Lord. And Lord, let these words be received according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. So, distractions, world, worldly distractions can keep us from salvation. And we'll get into types of distractions here in just a minute that we see on a day-in, day-out basis. I don't like standing in front of the podium. I guess you all notice that. I like walking around. Um, worldly distractions can keep us from growing and living according to the truth, truths of the gospel. You know, Satan wants to knock us off our game. That's what his main purpose is, is to keep us distracted so that we're off our game, so that we're not keeping our faith up. We're not concentrating on what we need to be concentrating on. Worldly distractions can keep us from enjoying the Lord's presence. You know, these are things that we deal with on a daily basis. So, what are some types of distractions? Somebody throw something out there for me. This is going to be a two-way communication because I'm, I don't like speaking. Good one. Good one. A couple more. Throw something else out. What's a distraction that we deal with? On? Yep. What was this? Television. That's a good one. Video games. You know, the, what was it? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, so, yep, that's a good one. Here's some of them that we deal with. Smartphones, internet, entertainment, Facebook, Twitter, exercise, work, home, repairs, meal preparation, laundry. I mean, these are daily things that we go through and we deal with on a daily basis. But they can become distractions and can keep us from going to prayer, going to church, taking time out to be in the presence of God. These are your daily distractions that just 
continuously hit at us from the backside. And Satan is trying to keep us from attending prayer, trying to keep us from attending church. I mean, his goal is to knock us off our game. So I want to throw one more distraction. In my opinion, is a distraction. This is a different type of distraction. Health issues. It's a distraction, but we have to take care of those health issues. But what we got to do is also keep our faith up and keep our prayer time going with the Lord and with the prayer team and the congregation. So... As I was thinking through this, I was wanting to pull some data from some literature, and Dinah Rouse had written a book called Distractions, The Not-So-Secret Weapon. And I'm not trying to sell her book, but I wanted to make sure y'all know where it came from. If you're interested in the book, talk with her, and then uh, she can get you one or get you an electronic copy or something. But what I'm some of the things I pulled out of her book I thought was really pertinent. First, distraction, what is it? It's condition or state of mind in which the attention is diverted from an original focus or interest. It just knocks us off our game. Sometimes we can work around distractions, but most times our focus will shift from whatever we're doing to that distraction. Is that not right? Most of the time, we, our focus goes to that distraction. And, you know, that, that, especially when, when you're, you have a health issue going on, and you've got to take care of that issue, you just don't want to get totally involved in it. You want other people intercessing for you. And that's the key, too, is... You ask the prayer team to pray with you, to intercess for you on these health issues or other distractions. That way, somebody's standing in the gap with you and for you. Sometimes the distractions can hit so fast, we do not have time to make a choice whether to deal with it or keep on with what, our, what the task is at hand. We may be forced to fully focus on, on the distraction, especially when we do not recognize that it is a distraction, or if it turns out to be a major life event. That's when we've got to keep our faith up, and that's when we need to be praying for those distractions, praying for whoever is having those distractions. Pray with them. Pray for them. Some distractions come because of choices we've made. Others are assignments from the enemy. But again, their single purpose in our lives is to steal our joy and make us take our eyes off of things of God and his will and purpose of our presence in the earth, on the earth. So, again, Satan, the enemy, tries to knock us off our game. And we, we got to stay on the game. And I'm going to use an example, and not to pick on um, Hannah or the White family, but this is was dear to my heart. 
Hannah was supposed to went to the uh, youth camp for the kids. She had a distraction. It was a health issue. Put her in the hospital. That was a distraction. I feel like there was big things going to happen with that, and the enemy, Satan, knew. So that's one of the things that they did. They kept their faith up in prayer. But that's who, who we are and how we learn from it is people that go through it, we help them and vice versa. I still think you got robbed, and we're going to fix that. So distractions are used by the enemy to wear out the saints. In Daniel 7.25 it says, And he shall speak words against the Most High God, and shall wear out the saints in the Most High. And that's what we're going to prevent. Our goal is to stop the distractions. As a church, as a prayer team, as a congregation, we need to be working in unity and praying in unity to stop these distractions and to keep our focus on Lord Jesus. All right, so what can we do? I want to read you something real quick. On a small ranch in Wyoming, a man went out to protect his cattle from an approaching tornado as his wife and child looked on. I, this, I can relate to this. I've been in this situation. When a sudden turn, the tornado moved directly toward him. His wife excitedly turned to their son and said, Johnny, quick, get on your knees and pray. Johnny instantly fell to his knees and began to say, now I lay me down to sleep. It was the only thing he had ever said to God. This is fictitious, but it, it's an example. Story, this fictitious story should remind us of the importance of teaching our children to pray. Without proper understanding, they cannot pray effectively. And I, I grew up going to a lot of churches, but I never learned how to pray. My, my mom went from church to church to church trying to find that right church, which I don't think she ever found, if I remember right. But in that process, I never learned to pray. Many of them learned to recite a model, but don't comprehend how to communicate with Jesus Christ. We need to help them realize that God desires a relationship with them. And it is not just our children who need to understand the power of prayer. It's us. The foundation of nations is built on prayer. Therefore, we as adults need to learn how to pray. America is in need of revival as perhaps never before, and only a prayer will find restoration and revelation. Relationship is the care of effective prayer. Each of us has been given the ability to come before God's throne of grace, Hebrews 4.16, at any time to communicate with our creator. This came out of a book called A Prayer Warrior's Guide to Spiritual Battle, The Front Line. It's by John Bornsheen. He is the executive director of National Day of Prayer Task Force. If you haven't read that book, it is an awesome book on praying, how to pray, and doing warfare against the enemy. 
Second Thessalonians 3, 3 says, But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. So that, that's what we're working toward. That's what we're trying to knock off his game. We want to knock the enemy off his game. So we need, we're going to pray. That's what we need to do. And we need to stay faithful and stay in the prayers. Here's another thing that was in this book I thought was pretty, pretty good. I've never seen this before. Praise, repent, ask, and yield. Praise, repent, ask, and yield. In that order. And that came out of that book, A Prayer Warrior's Guide to Spiritual Battle, Frontline. I'm going to go through this a little bit in a little bit more detail about what they were talking about. Praise. This is the deciding part. When we worship God, we're moved from being self-centered to being God-centered. That's why we come into praise. That's why we worship. That's why we do that first. So you always want to praise the Lord for anything and everything. Even if you don't feel like you're in that position to do it, you need to stand, hold, hold your faith, stand still, and pray. Praise moves us quickly into God's presence where we are surrounded by His holiness, love, and peace. As we honor God, we confirm a relationship with Him, one of dependence yet full of power through His Holy Spirit. When I walked through these doors nine years ago, thereabout, I was convicted by the Holy Spirit. And I... And we didn't have to get into worship. We didn't have to do anything. I walked through those doors, and I nearly fell down. I had to sit down. And my wife and I had never experienced the Holy Spirit. We looked at each other and said, what is this? Are you getting hot from inside? Yes. What is this? I don't know. And that, that's kind of how we started being mentored and trained by this congregation, by this church, by the Holy Spirit itself, and by Jesus Christ. Almighty God, you are worthy of my highest praise. Repent. This is the serious part. We've all done things that are displeasing to God. Sin or disobedience to God builds an instant wall in our relationship with Him. To be intimate with Him, we must confess all ungodly thoughts, words, and deeds sincerely and humbly telling God we are sorry. Then, resting in his forgiveness, we resolve with all of our hearts to turn away from our sin. We give him our rags, and he washes away the darkness and hurt and gives us his riches. Lord, I come before you with repentance for my sin and disobedience to you. This is right out of that book. I, I thought it was good enough that I wanted to cover it again and go over it. And then we're going to get into what we need to do as a congregation to pray against the distractions. This is the powerful part. We've moved in God's presence and praise and worship, and we've removed all obstacles between us and God. Now we can call upon Him with our needs and share the deepest secrets of our hearts. His Word promises that He'll listen and answer. In trouble, afraid, help, helpless, sick, stuck, open your heart. Call on God. Ask Him for help. His ear is tuned is specifically to the sound of your voice. 
We heard this today in the prayer room. We want to be tuned to him. Heavenly Father, I know that you will answer me when I call upon you. All right, last one, yield. This is the peaceful part. To yield means to let God be God. This is where I usually miss up. I get impatient. And if Lisa was here, she's in children's ministry, she'd tell you. I, Cole gets impatient, and I do. And I recognize it, so I pray to try to help give me patience. We know of his great love for us, so we have to trust him when we pray that his answers will be perfect for all circumstances. Yielding involves waiting, listening for God to speak to us in a quiet prayer time. The still of the night in our consciousness during a time of hard decisions anytime. When our hearts are soft and surrendered to him, he's able to guide the course of our lives, drawing us ever closer to himself. How true is this? I mean, this is... This is what we need to be working toward. We need to learn to praise. We need to learn to repent. We need to learn to ask. And we need to learn to yield. And a lot of us in this congregation already know this and already have and do it daily. But I think as a reminder, it's good to go over this for our kids. Loving God, I give myself wholly to you. Be the Lord of all my life. Whole armor of God. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. That's the key. Part of the key. Is we need to be praying with the whole armor of God every day. Putting it on and blocking all the distractions that come against us. I want to leave some time for altar call, too. Um, if you need healing, if you have distractions going on now, toward the end, we'll have an altar call and close the, the service with the prayer. Ephesians 6, 12, 13. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That's what we're fighting against. And I know for several months... A lot of us in this congregation are going through distractions and trying to fight off that enemy, trying to fight off those attacks. So I think today we need to stand, stand still, be steadfast, claim our power and authority, and bring everything we have against the enemy in order to stop these distractions.
Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will, be still, you will still be standing firm. Again, these, these are scriptures that I'm sure most of you all know, but I just felt like it was um, something we needed to review and go over. And I know Pastor has showed this uh, graphic before. And it's a good graphic that shows the different pieces of armor. I'm going to read through this. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body of armor for God, of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And in this graphic, it has a little bit more descriptions around it. It's hard to read, but it's impossible to read, actually, from here. But um, you can find that out on the net, and it's, it's probably one of the better ones that explains the different parts. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Alex, could, could you come up and... I don't... We have, uh, Miss Judy has put some prayer teams together to come up the front. And I just want to make sure that we have the time left to do that. You cannot control what other people do to you. Right? We have no control over that. You cannot control what other people do around you. We have no control over that but you can control how you respond. What do you believe is your purpose in life? These are questions I'm leaving open-ended for, for you guys to think about. How does your response to a difficult situation change when you realize that how you respond is your choice? That's pretty deep. What distractions or influences are keeping you focused on your problem and not your purpose? God has put us here on this earth to carry forth his church, to make disciples. And that's what we want to do today is we want to make sure and do cover this and we want to make sure that we're doing what God has put us here to do. Lord, we come to you today standing on your promises, standing in agreement with you, standing on your word. Help us through our lives as we go through the weeks and the months and the years and so forth, Lord. Put your arms around us, cover us in your peace, your love. 
Show us the way that you want us to go, Lord. Not the way we want to go, but your will. Give us the faith, Lord. When we have these distractions that come in, that you are with us. That you're there holding us. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for every day, therefore, in Jesus' name. Amen.